0: Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode.
1: Uh, welcome, another week of uh, CLCI Live. And before we begin, I'm gonna say that we've not been getting a ton of participation in our chat lately, so I'm gonna beg and plead
0: if you're watching
1: please join in the conversation pop your thoughts into the comments and we will address them uh or feature them uh at a minimum we want to hear from you so please please join in um and that'll be all for now
2: (laughs) that's it all right goodbye (laughs)
1: um what's our topic today it is it is what
2: skepticism can you ask too many questions and how much coach should question their client
1: really that's um, a presumptuous of you i didn't i think it just said should we question everything well <laughs> Is that everything i try
2: that? to keep it in line with coaching for sure how much should you question everything in reality and truth um, well yeah
1: but i just mean that immediately you said too many questions and my skin crawled because I'm, i don't like the word too
3: T-O-O. <laughs> T-O-O, you like the word as well? Uh,
1: yeah, I don't mind because i it's the other meaning of two that I don't like. The inference that two has a, uh, a, a quant- is a quantifiable number, like such a thing as too much or too little, uh, oh, gotcha. or too old or too smart or too dumb. Uh, there's not a quantifiable term, and it bothers me because it's very, very um, subjective word that can't be defined uh, in any way. So hmm. no,
2: I can say that five questions is okay, six questions is too many. That's how I define it. <laughs> questions per coaching session. But
3: but I, but I think even what you said as well, Brooke, leads into the skepticism of what we're talking about that Anthony is sharing. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, so so no,
2: no, no, no. Everyone, then, what the hell is skepticism? What do you think being a skeptic is?
3: There's two different.
1: I, I think that we have to divide this into two different categories. There is the, um, well, what, what I'll call the textbook uh, definition of skepticism, or the philosophical definition of skepticism, and then there is the functional or a uh, layman's or just like every day. Um, it's like, it's like book smart versus uh, street smart, the street smart skepticism versus the book skeptical. Skepticism.
3: <laughs> like, um, so. Oh like, my gosh, this just got complicated.
1: Like if I was going to say, okay, he is, he, that's, a, I'm skeptical about that. Or he's very skeptical. I'm talking about the use of the word. Like, I don't know if I necessarily believe that I'm going to question it. What have you? But the textbook cool. definition is like when we get into the very philosophical definitions of what skeptic is, and it can be very specific things, and, and get, that's that's a much deeper term. Um, I think it's important to sort of realize there's two levels of skepticism <laughs> when we say skeptical. Does that make sense, so, Anthony?
2: So, layman version of skeptical, what do you think being skeptical is? Like, uh, you're like, that person's a skeptical person. What I do can- you really mean by that?
3: a naysayer I'm just <laughs> yeah, i would say a doubter
2: or yeah, i'd say somebody nay. who needs proof
4: jerome jen when i hear skeptic i think cautious as opposed to naysayer doubter um i wouldn't go all the way into that realm um i think there's other words that can describe someone that aren't coming to me at the moment um as someone who's well, i think naysayer or doubter those are great words to define someone who uh Who lives that way? I think skeptic is somebody I I would consider myself sometimes skeptical. Um, Just a little bit cautious before moving on to do something outright.
1: I think Mm -hmm. the word that comes forward for me in this is proof. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like a skeptical person, they're going to need some proof. Yeah. And then we can get into the philosophical skeptic that's going to argue about what proof really is. So, (laughs) (laughs) see, to me,
5: a skeptic is a questioner. Right. So that proof could come from external or internal, right? But usually if you tell me something, I'm gonna have questions about it before I really believe
1: it. Mm -hmm. So, like I mean, if we said coaching is amazing, it always works, it's fantastic. Right.
2: Let's just just do one of those things, Brooke. Choose one of those things that coaching is and we'll work on that.
1: Coaching is amazing start with that how
2: about that okay um what does it mean to be amazing let's just start there oh here we go
1: are you being a skeptic <laughs> right now that's my uh question.
2: yes i'm question. i'm questioning that statement i'm not taking it for face value i'm asking first so we're at least starting somewhere what is amazing or what is it to be amazed how am i going to know that i'm going to be amazed by coaching
1: um, uh, for me, I define amazing as impressive as, okay. uh, I don't think we have to go as far as awe-inspiring. I don't okay. think we have to be awestruck in this case of amazing, but I think that we have to be impressed with results. Okay.
2: That's good enough for me. So co- coaching is amazing because I'll be impressed by the results. Is that always the case?
1: uh not always no i would guess. so
2: okay so i'm already look <laughs> like, i can just be done with the conversation right now it's like with okay the there's some cases where coaching is not amazing
1: you've broken my argument because it is no longer the case that that every time coaching is amazing so it's a false yeah. that it is false bears eat beats Battlestar galactica well
3: um, <laughs> <So> that's
2: like <laughs> but if we're if we're just staying on like you know Normal human level of conversation. It, you wouldn't be wrong to say, really, that coaching is amazing. Like I wouldn't say to you, Brooke, no, coaching is not amazing because there's some times when coaching's not amazing. So you're wrong to say that. Like, you're that's
1: not. Coaching is not amazing. You're wrong. Like that would be a bad move. Yeah. To go, a for really for most
2: movie. things, like when people say those kinds of things, we take them at face value and be like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, how's like, and just tell me how it's amazing, and then you'll just go from there we don't really apply skepticism unless you're like an asshole uh like i'm being right now
1: but there are times i would argue that i'm going to make two arguments here that that both there are times when skepticism probably should come into play and it doesn't like there's a lot of people out there who take some things for granted or take people at face value or take and and they probably should ask a few more questions before and then but and in coaching though there are probably times that being a skeptic could be
3: very beneficial. Definitely provide a clarity that one didn't have before. Um, And I can throw in an example even because I've had a a few clients that they came in and were totally skeptical. I can't even say the word. (laughs) Okay. Say it for me. Skeptical. There it is. Skeptical. About nails. what the process of coaching was like and, and why did I think I could do it? What, what was I going to do different than anybody else could do? And, you know, so part of that argument became putting my money where my mouth is or their money where their mouth was, is that, okay, if you don't like this, by the time we're done, you don't have to pay me and so we went into the coaching process for cut for this couple and by the time they were done they were buying the next session and the next session because the proof so that's where anthony you're kind of going so with the
2: proof they found out, out um, by experience they so let's mm-hmm. say we're saying coaching is amazing they found out that coaching was amazing through experience not because we're defining coaching as amazing right
1: Yes, because they did. They, I mean, they. I don't mean maybe Lisa presented it as amazing to begin with, but they discovered it was amazing on their own. Came to their own. True, depth. but like
2: if they said that by the end of the session, oh, coaching is amazing. We worked with Lisa, and I was skeptical before, but now I know that coaching is amazing. No one's ever gonna doubt that. Like no one's ever gonna. Well, you could. <laughs> but most normal people aren't gonna be like.
1: i just i i i don't always believe like everybody's reviews like i'll ask more questions if somebody is 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 amazing to me i'm gonna be like okay really why explain tell me more about that like what i'm not i'm not
2: talking about them trying to convince me i'm talking about their own personal experience Experience. as if they say it's amazing and they experienced it that's probably good enough we don't have to question it further
1: another place that skepticism might be really good is when our clients walk in and they go no, It's always this way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always, it's every, it's always this way, and that's mm-hmm. when we can put on our skepticals right? and be like, Be like, okay. always, can yeah. you think of a time when it hasn't been that way? And that's us being skeptical, right? Isn't that a use of skepticism, mm-hmm. Anthony? It or- is, yeah,
2: and that's um, the problem of induction, um, in those videos that we were watching where. Just because your experience has always been the case, or maybe not, um, doesn't mean it will always be that way in the future. So when we ask that kind of question, um, has it always been the case, we're doing our job as a coach and as a skeptical coach of trying to figure out if they're just lying to us or not, or if they're telling us a falsehood. What I want to ask, though, is what if it is always the case? What if things have always gone bad for them? Does that mean things will always be bad for them in the future? Yes. (laughs) No, I disagree.
1: (laughs) Darn it, I got the question
5: wrong. Oh, wait, Anthony's the one that's being optimistic right now? Hold on (laughs) a (laughs) second.
4: Oh,
3: wait. What? He's being optimistic.
4: I'm not being optimistic. (laughs) He's being a realist.
2: I'm essentially calling the client, in this case, a liar and an idiot, but I'm doing it in a nice way. God. So, yeah, that's my question. Just because something has always been true in the past, does that mean we'll always be true in the future? And can you actually know that's the case? No. Of course
4: not. No, no one can tell the future.
2: So how would you go about telling that to a client then?
1: You
3: wouldn't. Or
2: getting the client to see that is the case.
3: So I checked out out for a minute. Let me hear what your question is so that I can maybe play.
2: Yeah, so we established that just because something was always true in the past doesn't mean that it's always going to be true in the future. There's no way you can know the future uh, or infer from past experiences that something will always be true. How do we get our clients to know that? Or is it even our job to tell them that's the case or get them there? So if a client's telling themselves like a negative story, like it's always been the case. Whenever I tried to do X, I've always failed. Always failed no matter what. And it's true. They can't think of a time when that's not been true. And that's the story that's in front of them. What is the coach supposed to do after they tell them that?
3: I'm going to ask them what's important about that story to today's session.
2: Then the client would say, it means I'm always going to fail in the future. Every time I try, I'm always going to fail.
1: Wait, is there a real life example? Is there any of us here who feels like, Something always happens or or they're just not good at something or they're not they can't do something or Yeah, yeah. video
3: games. I suck at video games.
2: <laughs> okay. And have you always sucked at video games? I
3: have always sucked at video games.
2: And do you want to be better at video games or do you want to not? So then oh uh, let me uh, rewind okay. the tape. What does it mean to <laughs> What does it mean to suck at a video game, Lisa?
3: <laughs> Listen to that. Lisa, sheesh. <laughs> How dare you suck at video games? No. So, what does it mean? It means um, on, on one aspect, when somebody asks me to play, I go, I'm not very good at it. I don't really want to play. So, I can be non committal. Okay.
2: What, what do you mean by not very good at them?
3: I, <laughs> so now we're getting a little deeper. I like to think that I'm not too competitive in nature, but on those kinds of things, it shows me that I am quite competitive in nature so that when I play something I'm not good at <laughs> and I don't practice that, I don't want to do it.
1: Okay.
3: So hold on. I just heard you say something. Hmm. You
1: just said, when I do something... I'm not good at and don't practice at. Can you tell me about the relationship between being good at and practicing?
3: Well, I know in order to get better at something, one has to practice it quite a bit. So, you know, even the if I go into the philosophy side of what our neurons do, that neuron knitting, as I have called it, happens and so you become better um because of the repetition and i don't give games that validity did that answer your question i'm not sure i answered it no i think it did answer it okay
2: yeah i've I've got a question more so let's not specifically about video games but games in general like do you Mm -hmm. like board games
3: i like to play games (laughs) and board games but i usually use my own rules
1: So, 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 I want to ask you this. You, When we started this, you said you suck at video games.
3: Yeah. I think
1: Anthony was about to ask a question, and he sort of he backed off on it. But I think it's an important question to ask. Is it, what is important to you about playing video games?
3: Ah, Cambria got some video games that she keeps inviting me to play, and I'm going, ah, oh, and I feel guilty. Ah,
1: okay. So... what would motivate you to, to play the video games?
3: I don't know. Pardon me. mean, besides Cambria wanting to play with them. Um, I don't know what about them that I feel like I don't like. I'm not sure. I don't have an answer. I'm not sure.
2: Yes, Jen.
5: Okay, I have a question. And Lisa, I'm not 100% sure you said this. So I'm going to reflect what I heard, and then we'll go from there. So I thought I heard you say, I don't consider myself to be very competitive. And yet, when I play the video games, I see myself becoming competitive. Hmm. What about being competitive?
3: I think it takes away from the fun of the game, and that's where putting my own rules to board games and things, it can be fun.
2: Here's a question. Are there non-competitive video games?
3: Well, I know there's like my daughter loves, my older daughter loves Sims, and I don't know that that is a competitive game. I do like, I can tell you one of the video games I do like are the ones that what do they call them they're not you know eat them up kinds of things but have you go through rooms and investigate and i don't what do you call those
1: puzzles kind of thing yeah are- kind of puzzle
3: kind of things those i like
1: so, so- Lisa but, would love
2: Arkham Horror. Yeah,
1: Lisa would love it. Like Lisa, it's totally our solution because I I can get frustrated with every so often I'll get frustrated with com- competitive games, especially if I'm on a losing streak. So I'll be like, no more. We're playing cooperative games. For, cooperative only, because otherwise I'm gonna punch you. Like I, that. That's what happens.
2: <laughs> but Lisa, what you've been describing though isn't <laughs> hasn't necessarily been an issue with the video game in and of itself. It's the type of game that. You, what you've been describing is the type of game that you play. Yeah. You said yourself, you're not really seeing yourself as a competitive gamer. That's not what you gravitate towards. And, and if you even disclosed in board games, you'll change the rules so that it sort of fits uh, what you're more comfortable with playing. Um. And you start to describe, you know, other types of game that are more appealing to you, such as like investigating, investigate, investiga- investigatory games. I don't know how to, Turn that into an adjective without sounding dumb, but investigating <laughs> games uh, or games that don't have a competitive nature. So now that we've established that as sort of a... Baseline. Would you be inter- interested in playing video games if they were more of the type of games that you wanted to play?
3: Yeah. I, th- I mean, when mm-hmm. I have played those games... It hasn't been mm-hmm. an abundant, but basically I've spent more time there. And that's the other thing. I also think they're time suckers. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So
5: that's
4: they're the other time
2: one. suckers. So, I mean, I've got my own idea of what that means, but can you explain to me what a time sucker is?
3: Um, You know, you just kind of get sucked down the, the just staring at a computer essentially and not really communicating with others, not, doing work I mean just the time it but, takes to participate yeah go ahead I'm sorry I totally interrupted but I was just totally not cool um
1: <laughs> that uh I didn't take my second dose of Adderall today apologize <laughs> <laughs> um, with uh, with regard to when you were sharing that just a minute ago though and yeah. you just now you said that you don't like it's a time sucker you end up being stuck on a computer you're not communicating you're not socializing uh, things like that but you just shared that that one of the reasons you feel guilty around not playing is that your granddaughter
3: asks you to play. She likes to play those other games though. Mm. She wants to be competitive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if she wants to be competitive. She just wants to us to join her while and watch her. <laughs> you know, six-year-old, right? They like to be Joined and watched as they move through the program.
0: <laughs> she so and, that care, and she party
3: doesn't party. care if I win or lose. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but do you? Yes. <laughs> 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 because there's degrees of winning and losing, right? There's degrees of losing those silly games that I haven't overcome. <laughs>
2: I'm kind of curious what games uh, are being played. She,
3: um, right now she's got an actual um thing, uh, like old school. Oh, like she, a retro game. Yeah, she's got some.
4: Oh, um, is it like an Atari? Does
3: it have like Pac-Man and stuff on? I love those. Yeah, ones. there's yeah. one. There's that one which she hasn't quite grasped yet, but she likes to play them. And then she's got another one where she's got. Uh, Jumping in. and so it reminds me of um, Mario Brothers. It's not, and I can't think of the cartoon that it is. You guys would know it because it would be up your alley watching it.
2: I'm a real gamer. I know all the video games.
3: I'm a real gamer. Thank you.
2: But um, <laughs> I to illustrate how this relates to coaching. We started with a premise, or we started with a statement lisa sucks at video games and she's not good at them and the skeptical coach would not just take that at face value you break it down you try to figure out the bits and pieces of what of why lisa believes what she believes and then evaluate each of those things and those lead to a lot of different paths you can choose to coach in
1: we learned a lot. I and mean, we learned a lot through that, right? Where if we weren't skeptical to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. We 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 would just go, oh, okay, you do. You suck at video games, cool. Yep.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, so to really get into more coaching the whole person versus just the topical side of, you know, me saying what I've said is how do I feel in those places? Is there anything I want to do different in those places? And how will I feel if I achieve that difference? What is imagining that difference? What do you notice about yourself? So bringing it back to that person then really creates that deeper dive in that process. I like video games. (laughs) Everybody in the house does too. I sometimes like like it. it. Sometimes don't.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that's one way on how we, skepticism is good in coaching. Um, I'm trying to think of ways skepticism would be bad in coaching.
1: Very bad. There's lots where of ways. We,
2: bad. I, mean,
4: I think you let it
2: drive mm-hmm. your conversation or your coaching
4: session where yeah. you immediately cut out some possibilities for your client mm-hmm. without even exploring them. You know, um, I think that's where it can be bad uh, in a coaching like, session.
1: If Lisa said, I suck at video games, and we went, do you? Do you really suck awesome. at video games? Uh-huh. <laughs> and and um, she would bring it up. And then with every question, like, rather than when she said, well, I feel guilty when I want to play. You f- is that really guilt that you feel? Like, we have to <laughs> start <laughs> accepting that, that her answer is to be true, right, or OK, yeah. and not like keep going and keep going and going. Um,
3: well, I don't think that's really true. That would be uh, another thing.
1: Uh, yeah, that would be bad. Yeah,
3: there's a, there's some newer coaches that really feel like they have the answers so that their skepticism in what their client's saying drives them to not be coaching.
2: <laughs> it's not even really a skepticism. More of it's like, well, I believe a different thing in my yeah, different true. Right. It's not yeah. skeptical of the claim and then trying to like, break it down. Um, Mm. it's just saying you're wrong. Here's a, here's a better thing to believe.
1: What's the difference between skepticism and curiosity?
5: Hmm. So for me, my go-to question, like if you were to say, I suck at this, I would say, what makes you say that? Like I, I'm curious. I'm not necessarily skeptical because that might be true. I'm curious to know the reason behind it, why you think that. And sometimes when you ask that, what makes you say that? Someone will start explaining it and then they'll go, wait, no, no, that's not true. They'll like catch themselves lying to themselves. And then that opens the door for like, okay, wait, if that's not entirely true, why am I saying that? How does that, how does me saying that continue to serve me? It doesn't. And then
1: they basically coach themselves. I think that's a really, really good point, by the way. And it just sort of like blew my mind a little bit because she, what she said was she, her question, what was your question exactly? Me? Yeah. Your question to Lisa would be, (laughs) what makes you say that? What makes Mm -hmm. you say that? Okay. So what's interesting is we as skeptics all just assumed that there's probably an instance where Lisa doesn't suck. But what Jen didn't do was assume. That there isn't an instance where Lisa doesn't suck. Jen was like, "Well, it could be true. Let's figure out more. This might be the case, and maybe it's okay that it's the case. We don't know if it's okay or if it's not. Maybe she she doesn't have to not suck. Maybe it's okay. Maybe <laughs> yeah. at the end of this, it's okay that she sucks and she doesn't want to change that. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so it was just could very
3: well be true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think that, that that I think maybe though where we went a little. If we had had a uh, what is it a um, session contract? If we knew that Lisa's end goal was to not suck, or her end goal was to play video games with her granddaughter, mm-hmm. then we know sort of better when when to be skeptical and when not to be. I guess I would say. So I and think that
3: that may or may not be true as well, because the client, i.e., me, in this moment. I may not know if I want to do that or not. I may not know what I really want my end game to be. So this becomes more of an experiment and exploration as part of really that end goal. So Lisa, what what you've brought up about sucking at video games? Well, you guys asked. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you would want to work on or change or? you know osmosis i would like it to be achievable by osmosis and i know it's not i know i have to put in effort and practice experiment with um the process of learning how to navigate all of those buttons and things that you do with those um whatever you call the joystick but it's not joystick anymore what are they called controllers controllers that's it yeah Right here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what they are. <laughs> so we I, even got because I, I thought. Psychot- I could tell. I could give you an. I can give you more details. We even got one of those head things that you wear now, for virtual. A VR, VR yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I get it, I want to play with motion sick <laughs> in them. So I'm like, is it just? going to be my nature to never play video games. I don't, do I want to play? I would like to have learned at an earlier age, like my brother.
1: (laughs) Okay. So do you want to be better at video games?
3: Without putting in the effort. (laughs) Because that takes time, right? <laughs> it takes energy. It takes time away from something. I think I don't put for me—not that it's anybody—but for me, it's not a on my top ten list thing to do.
1: On a scale of one to ten, how do you feel about how how do you how okay are you with just not just sucking at video games forever right like this it just is i'm not gonna yeah, play yeah, yeah. Them. i'm not gonna play them i'm not gonna do it i'm okay with it uh 10 being i'm not gonna do them i'm okay with it and one being well i wanna i would like to figure out how to play them actually it's gonna bother me if i if i don't
3: so one is bother me 10 is i'm okay with it i would say and, and I think in situations it changes, but on, on an overall average, I would say a six.
1: A six? Okay. That's kind of right in the middle. Um.
3: <laughs> because it's times that, you know, the family wants to play together and I'm like two, because I'm right-handed, right-footed, <laughs> two left feet. It feels okay. awkward. Mm-hmm.
1: So if, if we're looking at that scale of one to ten, where would you like to be
3: on that scale? Again, if I didn't have to take a whole lot of time to train my brain, those neurons get those connections going. See, part of it feels like it's not fun when I have to do, when I'm doing this, it doesn't feel fun. Um, So I like to have fun when I'm doing this kind of stuff. So to keep it in the fun area. So one to 10, I don't even know what I'm answering. Sorry. So if you're at a six now, right? is, where
1: one is, one is, it bothers me. 10 is, I don't care that I'm not playing video games and you landed at a six, right? Is when I asked you that. Where would you like to be on that scale?
3: I think you know, looking at myself and what you what I like, I would like to just I'd probably be at a four. Like be at a four, okay. It feels more achievable. It allows me to break it down if I need to break it down, and not feel overwhelmed. Okay,
1: so you want to what I'm hearing you say is you want to move towards the realm of it doesn't bother me
3: Mm -hmm. or I don't have my own self (laughs) evaluating, but keep it in the fun range.
1: You just keep it in the friend range sort of.
3: So what can you do to achieve that? Well, I have been watching Cambria play another game up here, and that's been fine, and I've been helping her navigate the game. So it feels like more of that. OK.
1: So, so more of just helping and uh, mm-hmm. assisting. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Is that keep it in the fun space? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else you can do? I don't really want
3: to pick up a game and do it myself. So no, that's not going to be it. I mean, I can tell you the no's, but anything of of a, no, that just feels appropriate for me and where I am with it that, you know, if something else comes of it, I'm open to adding it. But right now that doesn't feel like the direction.
1: Okay. Jen?
3: so
5: it sounds like you have more fun spending time with cambria and video games when you remove the competitive
3: nature from it when you just assist her yeah so i used to go to vegas periodically this is tying into that too and i would stand behind some people who, my people, whoever my people, my husband or my friend or whatever, and I would help them play.
1: She's a backseat gamer.
2: Hmm. I can imagine <laughs> Lisa just standing behind strangers and just like telling
3: them this, you know. yeah. I, I actually have been known to do that too. <laughs> um, that but so- we became friendly at the table. uh And I definitely played, and I'm not terrible at it, and I have a good time with it, and you know. Yeah. Blackjack. I'm not a poker player, but blackjack and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, if
5: That's how you have fun with the video games. What makes you need to be better at video games?
3: Well, everybody wants to play and wants, you know, like, oh, come on and play with me. I'm uh, like, I don't, don't want to play. <laughs> so it becomes a discussion or an argument that You know, I'm not usually a no, no, I don't want to. I usually am a volunteerer. (laughs) So So what would happen if you volunteered
5: and just, just played and sucked?
3: What would happen? Well, my, what I'm feeling right now is like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) So you're you're unwilling to suck? (laughs) I'm unwilling to just play and suck, yes. Why do you say that? Because I am willing to be the backseat gamer, (laughs) as you call me. Hey,
1: I allow backseat gaming in my stream. That is like a big part of my stream. I like it. I enjoy it. When
3: uh, we were playing (laughs) with Jerome, I don't know who else was there. And you were doing your trivia and we were playing during COVID. I had a lot of fun playing with Jerome on that because we were together a team. Mm. And to me, that feels worthy. <laughs> so, I didn't i didn't care. I mean, a little bit, of course. But I didn't care that we got it wrong. I cared yeah. that he and I were hanging out together and playing.
4: To be fair, I'm not very competitive as yourself. So I like so, to kind but- of
3: just-
2: Lisa, can I ask and not talking about video games at all? Yeah. What do you do when somebody you care about wants to do one thing and you don't want to really do it?
3: I usually do it.
2: Okay. Why? <clears throat>
3: I'm going to cry now. Don't ask me those damn questions, Anthony. (laughs) Because I want to be with them. And it doesn't matter unless I have. Okay, so there's an unless it doesn't matter, because what to me when I go into reasoning, what's important here? And it always comes back to I want to be with that person whatever that is unless there's you know stuff I gotta do can't do that kind of thing but
2: mm-hmm. So from that let's and we took a step back now going to video games.
1: How can you apply that?
2: Yes, I'm trying to not just I don't
1: apply what Questions. what you just said your, your statement you just made.
3: To so just play because it's the joy of being with them, and I have. The joy part of being with them is there. The joy of playing the game is, is <laughs> it? And you're just like, Grr.
1: so I can I just totally co-chat off in this moment? Just yeah, I yeah. Love games, and I love games, and I want you to embrace some games.
3: <laughs> so I went over to the neighbors and I just coach chat off. <laughs> Wait, let me tell you a story. I went over to the neighbors. They have this calico cat. Uh, what is it called? I'm uh, wearing quilting? quilting calico c- cat quilting game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is that? So they're putting patterns and shapes just like you would. and there's so much strategy to that. And as we were strategizing, all I wanted to do was chit-chat around it and be with them. <laughs> And
1: they're trying. Anyway, okay. This book It sounds though like it, it, what's more important. It's not playing the game. It's the experience of interacting and seeing the game and enjoying the game and and watching them enjoy it. And and that makes you happy. Yeah. So when somebody asks you to play a game, can't you? Now and this is me, of course, feeding you a coach. I have I have two two solutions. Totally not being a coach right now. Um, <laughs> um, but. But what's stopping you from saying I I'd just like to watch
3: and help out? I don't that's a good point.
2: This is also me taking my coach hat off. There's not a whole lot You guys
3: suck at this game.
1: (laughs) I turned that around. That That became a coaching
3: moment, actually. I corrected myself. I actually did. did. So, what let's just talk about briefly what you did there is you challenged by being skeptical, skeptical. I can't even say the word skeptical (laughs) of what I was saying and able to give an opposite effect, right? Well, you've shared what's attractive and -hmm you shared what's not attractive. What if, cause you're gathering all of my details and you're now giving them back to me. So you're right, Brooke, you did get into coach uh, model there because you gave me back what I already told you. Mm-hmm. And what were you going to say, Anthony as well?
2: Uh, well, first we suck at not being coaches too. <laughs> um, it sounds like what I'm observing is it's not really a question of video games. It's a question of the medium in which a game is how you play a game and how you interact with other people. Yeah. Where there are video games out there that do not require a controller to play and that are cooperative all or they Minecraft. or they are creative,
1: creative oh. Minecraft. She'd probably love it.
2: Well, <laughs> are, there are social <laughs> games out there like i'm sure have we all played jackbox party games
4: um so
2: much fun, so much fun. you know i'm talking about lisa or brooke have you played jackbox
1: i have not no but i've heard about it i've never heard so,
2: about it. that's a type of video game that you know you put on your tv or computer and you play it from your phone and you're just typing in answers funny answers or just interacting with other people um But there's the type of game out there that sounds like the kind of game that you would be interested in playing.
3: I can tell you one of my favorite games. You want to know my favorite? one of my favorite games? Apples to Apples. And the the variations of.
2: And so there are video games out there that are like Apples to Apples. The only difference being, instead of playing it with cards in front of you, you're playing on a screen and you're using technology to facilitate the game. So... With that being said it's not necessarily you being bad at video games it's you being bad at video games you don't like to play <laughs> like you're <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um i'm trying I to don't think want of <laughs> no like i'm trying to think of things so what,
1: you there are games you like to play there are those are exists out there backseat if it's a game you don't like to play i'll just watch um I'm, yeah. now this is me not coaching but and then, in the meantime, is it possible for you to say, hey, I like these kind of games. Could we find some of them?
3: <laughs> I'll play these ones. Yeah. Because the, the, the truth of the matter is I never instigate games. So that is a definite truth. <laughs> so could I say, yeah, I, I definitely could do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't hear oh okay okay sorry when you
3: when you when you guys do that piece it's a it's a like a teachable moment that teachable moment here's what i'm hearing you say i'm here i'm really hearing you say this how does that fit for you with what i've just said so you get the client who say how it works and and get a new definition is basically what we do with that
1: so how are you feeling about video games right now lisa (laughs)
3: Uh, Still the same about video games, but the ability to identify what I like and um, have the option to say, you know, I'm, I'm here to support you kind of thing and watch you play this or we could do this other game.
2: So this whole coaching session, to bring it back to skepticism, it all just came from us being skeptical of Lisa's claim and being curious as to what she actually meant and how we can, you know, go about this discussion. Um, Brooke, you asked earlier what the difference between curiosity and skepticism is. They're both, in my mind, pursuits towards the truth, in a way where curiosity, you want to know what is true. Skepticism, you don't want to believe things that are untrue. Mm-hmm. And you're working towards both ends to finally get to something that like, you can work with. Um, it's kind of what we did with Lisa at this point. We're trying to uncover, or not uncover, but we're trying to work through what we might think is untrue and break that down and then we're curious by asking questions um and so i think that was a good example of what curiosity and skepticism look when you work in tandem instead of just always being skeptical and always being curious and willing to believe you know anything that the client says
3: so curious is being able to ask a question that you don't have any answers for
1: totally have a left field question in my head like total left field question do you have to be humble
3: to be curious well your ego can't be present so if in the absence of ego and the option is to be humble i would say probably
2: i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say you don't have to be humble to be curious
3: in the absence of ego what what are you then
1: I think you've maybe maybe I think humble because of his way he defines humble. Oh, okay. Maybe it's not that, but you have to be willing to admit you don't know.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I can agree with that.
3: Yeah, not having the answers. Is the same true for skepticism?
2: Frame that as a question, like as a more detailed question. I'm a little confused.
1: So maybe this is probably this is probably uh, and maybe not. uh, It might be a reasoning um, sort of I might be equating it might be a court what is it correlation uh, does not equal causation causation uh, kind of thing but with that regard so if when when we are curious we have to first admit that we don't know
2: mm-hmm.
1: when we are skeptical must we first also admit that
3: we do not know it's kind of part of it yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's yeah,
2: yeah, part yeah. of, it's like, a, like it's the pursuit of truth. You're trying to pursue truth by using two different ways. It's kind of like the
3: hypothesis, right?
2: Yeah. You've got a desire for knowledge. Then mm-hmm. the curious example, I don't have knowledge and I wish to seek it. And I'm curious. I want to know more. Skepticism is more so, I don't have knowledge and I don't, tr- I don't trust or I won't, I, I So we have,
3: We have a premise, we have a premise, but we don't know whether it's true or false. I think That's that, a good way to put it. I think one of the ways that, so when I think of curiosity, I think of it being open-ended,
1: right? So like, I can be curious about anything, anything going on, I can be openly curious about anything's around me. With skepticism, I think it starts from a tighter or closed place, like a statement is made and now i want to ask about it to sort of figure out what the truth is there yeah i think that's a big sort of different is like where where you come from is like i'm when i, I can start to be curious about anything it does nobody's making a statement It's not there's no i guess it, it's not as subjective uh whereas i think when you're skeptical we're typically starting from a specific place uh on a specific topic and then we're going okay i'm i would like to know more about what's actually true or not true about whatever this specific Mm -hmm. statement or topic it may be
4: i agree i think with skepticism there's some preconceived notions that drive you to be skeptic to drive you in that direction With curiosity it's just i have no idea can you please tell me more yeah Um, there isn't there isn't really a preconceived preconceived notion there at all
1: there's direction skepticism is has direction
3: Well yes, I think oh go
1: ahead as well, I guess,
5: too. How many
3: times how many
5: times is is someone talking and and they sound skeptical? But what would be more helpful to the dialogue between you and that person was if they were curious, Mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes we take their skepticism as like we get yeah,
4: we get upset. It
3: it can be definitely used in a wrong place.
4: Yeah, I think it can be used in a right place as well, though. Yeah, for those very long standing thoughts that we have, or we, we consider them to be facts about our lives for somebody to be a genuine skeptic. in in the case where it may not necessarily be true, what you believe, um, you need that challenge sometimes for you to move off of that, uh, to believe something else to open I up think, a world to possibilities.
3: I think in coach. Oh, talking. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. But in coaching, the premise that I mentioned earlier, when we're in skepticism, the client has given us that premise. We don't come from it on our own. The client gives us that information. I think that's the difference.
1: I think also one of the things that, as I'm thinking about the videos we watched, and the video, the first video talked about how, with skepticism, there is also, it's important to be a little skeptical about skepticism, (laughs) because (laughs) one of the things about it is are challenging core beliefs that exist to to support a human being on maybe another level that that basically if you are being skeptical in areas that don't require skepticism or might cause damage you know uh if i am somebody who has a belief system and i'm not respecting the belief systems of my client and so I'm being skeptical and that's going to, even though I feel like by them knowing the truth, it's going to somehow open their eyes or they're going to, it'll help. The truth of the matter is what I might be doing is challenging a belief system that, that by going down that road without our client's permission uh, could cause some very serious damage uh, yeah. and cause more harm than good. So sometimes there are uh, beliefs within us as people that exist and are serving a greater purpose uh and we just have to as coaches be aware of when our clients are capable of challenging those or or questioning around and accepting the skepticism around around those belief systems Mm -hmm. because we sometimes we're ready to hear those things and sometimes we're not right it's Mm -hmm. one of those situations
3: so i'm thinking of an example of that there is someone i was coaching that he he had, and it was a he in that moment, he had believed that all of his preconceived notions were accurate and and his wife challenged that. Um, and so that, that became an interesting, kind of fills in with this, what we're talking about, became an interesting topic because he was too busy proving how he was right and she was wrong. It's kind of interesting as I re- reflect who the, what that was. And in the end of a few sessions, he did move his, um, being in that brakes on, not willing to move, have an ability to go, you know, that could be right. (laughs) There are some things that are factual. And then there's some things that are factual that are based on our perceptions.
0: And
1: that's when we get into the philosophy of skepticism
3: right there.
1: <laughs> and we can start to get to have those crazy talks about whether or not we really exist. Um, and if my hand is, does in fact having a hand actually prove that I actually have a hand.
2: <laughs> but it also, it gets kind of at our job as coaches where don't overstep your bounds as a coach. Cause me, I believe that like, you know, you can learn the truth, you can be skeptical, and it could lead to very bad consequences. So what? You know, but the implicit assumption that we get as a as an ICF, you know, coaching that we're doing, and I've got the definition in front of me, it's in, to inspire your client to maximize their personal and professional potential, and you don't get to decide what max what that def, what that definition is it's the client who gets to decide that what their potential is and how do you maximize that so if that means you don't challenge them on some things and you're not skeptical about some of their things let it go it's fine they get to be the ones who are in the driver's seat and your job is to facilitate that process so that they reach their goal in the end if they do some soul searching in the meantime and you challenge them on some of their beliefs and it's ultimately serving that purpose, then good. Um, But it's really not our jobs to be, I guess, I don't know a word of for someone who is a philosopher and also your therapist at the same time. Um, but whatever that is, that's not really our job as coaches.
1: Mm-mm. A philosophist? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm a dinosaur.
3: laughs> yeah, I, I,
2: I, I think I've talked about this before maybe to you Brooke but I like I was saying like I'd like to be like a therapist but like I don't really help you <laughs> like I'm not no so guaranteed that this like talk that we're gonna have is going to ever make you feel good <laughs> like, oh my gosh. you might have a more philosophical like understanding of the world around you you might have a different way of thinking but it's I'm not gonna guarantee that this is good for you <laughs> Whatever job that is, I would like to have it, but I don't think people would pay for that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, usually people want to go and and feel good in some fashion.
0: Yes,
2: which is exactly why, you know, I think why people want to be coached and they want to ultimately feel good, either about themselves or about the results that they get um, from coaching. It should have some sort of positive impact. And being a skeptic means that sometimes It doesn't lead to positive outcomes and that's why people criticize skepticism because it has nothing by itself to offer um it needs to be paired with something for it to be valuable
1: and that's what we just shared the difference between skepticism and curiosity nice and done Mm -hmm. (laughs) i have
5: an idea of how we end our show today okay oh i think we should all uh name our favorite video games
0: You game. are a brat. Just a brat.
5: <laughs> our, our favorite and our, our most hated. Right? I can't best either.
1: and the worst. Do I hate okay. video games? Do I
0: hate video games?
1: Do I hate,
4: games? Hated video, games. Do I hate video games? Okay, I'll say what I hate first because I remember I... Don't tell anyone. I broke someone's laptop when I was a kid playing this game. (laughs) because I was that furious and just throwing stuff around. It's Super Paper Mario. I I loved it and hated it at the same time, but never finished it. So I guess I hated it to the point where I didn't want to finish it. So I guess lean towards hating it more than liking it. Mm -hmm. Um, Love. I don't know. They're all great. They're great.
3: My brother would totally be better in that question.
1: Um, I can't answer. I'm obsessed with Elden Ring. Uh, Thank you. Um, I'm on New Game Plus Plus. Uh, I stream five days a week if you want to watch me play. (laughs) um, uh, Yeah, so that would be my favorite. I don't know that I have a hated video game at all, if I'm honest. Least liked
3: or least played, maybe? Or least played
1: there's nothing i mean i really haven't come across much that i'm like get it away from me um uh because I, I i really like the challenge like if i if something is challenging that's going to make me want to play it more like that's going to make me go oh i got to
3: figure this out like this okay is if I can't so wh- what about one that you got rather quickly what about a game that you just like okay uh, i'm innately amazing
1: at tetris and sudoku uh, which I don't know if you can call those video games. Um, and I'll tell you, Elden Ring, I've I, I had almost 500 hours on Elden Ring. And when I started, I sucked. I super sucked. Like, I She's really bad. sucked. And that's why I like my stream, because my entire stream is about come in ask questions. This is not a judgmental space. This is not a space where I'm going to say I know everything. You come in and watch me fail. I'm going to fail at some of this. But let's do it together and let's have fun. And so... And it's true, that's what I do. And I'm getting, I mean, now I'm much better than I was, but I did not start this way. So. (laughs) I have
2: got my answer. My most favorite game, historically, like if I'm looking back to all the video games I've ever played, the one I enjoyed the most is Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic 2, which is a absolutely fantastic, like, role-playing game that gives you a different Look and feel of, like, the Star Wars universe. It's cool, fun, whatever. Most hated video game. I don't hate a lot of video games because if I just don't enjoy them, I stop playing them. Except I'm thinking of one video game that I am kind of forced to play that I don't like, uh, which is Fortnite, because all of my friends play it, and that's a way for me to play with my friends. And incidentally, even though I hate it the most, I'm the best at it. Um, So that's my most hated game that I currently play
1: i will say i have not picked cuphead back up because i'm stuck on a level that's driving me bananas like and i'm like i'm not it's just like i can't get past this right now and so it just pissed me off
2: so jen what is your favorite and most hated game
5: okay well first of all um i may i may answer this in a way that shows that uh these games no longer exist so (laughs) (laughs) um I, I like Mar. I like Mario Kart a lot. I love Mario Kart, by the way. That was awesome. I can Mario. sit and play Mario Kart for hours and be hours. completely content. Um, I-, I like Donkey Kong a lot, and um, and I really love Peggle. I'm just Peggle. Oh my god, I used to play Peggle. I like all the little animals. You know, I like I the colors. just fun. I used
3: to like. I played Peggle the other day.
5: Plants versus zombie like Cambrian So, the game that I do not like is Rocket League.
4: I love that game.
5: It is. I don't so like that game. Hard. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand how people are so good at it. I don't I'm understand. Phenomenal at it, and I'm like, he'll, he'll he'll ask me to play it, and I'm so bad that I'm like, I can't, I can't do it.
2: I have mad respect for it because it's like such a high like skill ceiling where like the people who are good at it it's absolutely insane I have no interest in playing it it seems like an absolutely boring game um, that's just not I don't like any games with cars in it I think Lisa, anything that has cars I'm not soccer. a fan
5: it's soccer with cards oh it's with amazing. rockets
0: <laughs> it is frustrating but
1: I not a lot of fun playing it. What is going on in that situation? All my well, games, of course, have to be fantasy or horror-based, if I can help it.
4: <laughs> I wish Kyle was here, because what? I know we spent about a year playing Battlefront 2. So that's up
2: there for Battlefront 2, oh, okay. But when we live See, together. All of us like have different game tastes, too, as like, what we consider are like, our games that we play.
3: I know. I wonder what that means. I like banter, there's some too. philosophy with that. Do they still make those? What? what? Do they still make
5: dance games? Like, I used to have a system where you that would dance would be, and wake up. Everybody. That would be my hell. Like, I
3: would be horrible. <laughs> at that. Dance, like, Dance, I, dance I, Revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. So, so the new, the, ma- the, what do you call it? The air, VR. VR thing mm-hmm. we have is they've got some, Gabrielle's really yeah, good. Yeah,
2: VR, at it. there's dancing games in VR.
3: I
1: always kicked butt at um, any like kung fu game, like where you were going to fight somebody else. Like
0: Mortal
1: Kombat. I would, Mortal Kombat, like any of those people
3: I hate like playing. I wish Joe was
2: here for this conversation too. Joe seems like yeah. a game.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Joe. Yeah, he would be all over this. He I don't like good. fighting stuff. In fact, even any movies when there's like really gory fighting. You would I not know. like
1: Elmering. You would love really, that. He would, I, I live for that. Like, blood. like um, uh, the other, the, you know what? It's not a game, but, but I love to play and I miss playing it. It's Pinball. Ah, I, pinball used to be a staple in my family. We used to go to like the, the, the pizza place and just kick it at the pinball machine for hours, eating pizza and playing pinball with one another, just being competitive. And like I love pinball and I miss playing pinball. I also used to go play the what was the game? I used to go play, I don't know, it was some like shooting game with zombies at uh at, at Dave and Busters and I came back
2: um, in That's hours. uh uh House of the Dead.
3: House of the Dead. I could spend hours playing House of
5: the Dead. And then we that go day off day.
3: on a tangent no. about games. Duck Hunt
1: sucked at it, but it was
2: fun. Tangent.
1: Yeah. Yes, we have.
2: <laughs> all right. I think that we're ten minutes over. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk out. I gotta go to the bathroom. Hi
3: guys. <laughs> <laughs> so and we are not.
2: We are not doing live next week. We be here next week. Yes, no. we won't be here next week. We will not be right. here next week. Next Tuesday. That's a holiday. We're all gonna be you know blowing each other up with fireworks um in the meantime like subscribe share uh take our classes where you get to be curious and be skeptical and um you know three days it's amazing That's, well, it. That's it. It. <laughs> video games
4: hey
0: everyone thanks for tuning into today's episode Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock PM Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at CertifiedLifeCoachInstitute.com. Until next time, be well.